My dad worked at a high school, and so he would have to be up at 5 in the morning. It was always dark when my father got up. And invariably, about once every few months, my mom would decide to rearrange the living room. And she would always do that after midnight, long before or after my father had went to sleep. And so dad would wake up in his routine to go from the bedroom to the outside. And in that process would run into the couch, the end table, or both, stubbing, bumping, falling, shouting, praying, hopefully speaking in tongues before he got out of the house. So that when he came home that night, he wouldn't be so angry. But the human eye is valuable to the process of getting from one place to the other. You see, vision is a part of what we are. Our physical vision, but also our spiritual vision. The spiritual vision of a man is very important and a lady is very important. And the reason is, is because we must see something so that we can aim for something. In the process of having vision for your life, for your ministry, if you aim for nothing, then you will hit nothing. But if you aim for something, I promise you there's a good possibility that you will land upon the area that you feel God is leading in into you. The vision, spiritual vision of ministry. You see, vision is more than just a dream or an idea. Vision is more than just looking at your life and saying, I want to preach an event. I want to hold a position. You see, spiritual vision is seeing something so far beyond what our human mind can even comprehend. It's stepping into the process of a spiritual work. The spiritual work. The Bible tells us that in the last days, 2.17 of Acts, that the old men shall dream dreams. But the young men shall see visions. There's something powerful about men and women that are called by God. Having insight to what God wants them to do in the next step of their life. As a matter of fact, it's probably safe to say that a large majority of you that are here are not here by accident or coincidence. But somewhere along the process of your spiritual journey, God gave you a vision of what was to come. Some of you saw yourself, and maybe you didn't quite see this building that we're in at this moment, but you had a spiritual vision of being gathered together at Indiana Bible College pursuing the things of God. How many could say that you had a vision and God's fulfilling part of your vision right now? You could say that. So a vision matters. A vision matters for your ministry. It matters that you pray about it, that you seek God's face about it. It matters because we cannot just have this haphazard, random, random life that goes through the process of apostolic Pentecostalism, but yet never really senses the vast brevity of what God has called you to be and to do. And by the way, it's so good to see Caitlin Showers in chapel this morning. Right there, second row second person, Caitlin Showers is her name. Not Shirley, but Caitlin Showers. For those of you that were not with us this past weekend, I was at Caitlin Showers Home Church and I was acknowledging all of the students that were there until I got to Caitlin Showers' name. 
and that name did not come. And the only name that I could think of is Caitlin Shirley. And I knew that that was not right. <laughs> I knew she wasn't married to Brother Alex. I knew that she was not a former student. And um, I even called Sister Shirley. Come to find out there's a Sister Shirley in her church that attended at one point that has a lazy eye. And they all, everyone made fun of her right there in the middle of the service. Caitlin Shirley with lazy eye. And there were texts. So I wanted to make that public that I do know who this person is that's sitting over here. It is Caitlin Showers. And she just so happens to be dating Matthew Davis. So I don't think that's enough to get excited about, but uh, at least I remembered their names. Amen. Where were we? We're at vision, right? Let's talk about vision. Vision. I wonder what Matt saw the first time he laid his eyes upon Caitlin Showers. I wonder what kind of vision from heaven. Did he see that angel that just kind of descended and ascended? And, and maybe he is still in that place of his vision gets blurred every time he looks. So maybe you need to sit over here on this side of the church, Brother Davis, so that you can get more out of the service instead of constantly looking over to your left a little further than what you should. Maybe vision is something that gets us all in trouble. Vision is something that does get the man in trouble as well as the lady because what we put our eyes upon, Job 31 and 1 says, I made a covenant with my eyes that I should not think upon a maid. You know what he was saying? He says, I'm not going to look upon someone and desire them in an unnatural, unholy way. And so vision is something that does get a hold of us and causes us to lose track of what God wants. The Bible tells us, and Solomon mentioned this in Psalms, uh, Proverbs 4 and 28, Let thy eyes look right upon us, and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. You see, Solomon was instructing the young men to stay focused on what God wanted for their life. We see in 1 John 2 and 16, it says, For all thy eye is the world, and the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You see, as young apostolic ministers, we must be careful what we look upon and what we desire. We see in Joshua 7 and 21 that the children of Israel fought an incredible battle just moments before their most devastating defeat. In Joshua 7 and 21, they marched around the battle, or they marched around the walls of Jericho, and with a great shout and the blowing of trumpets, the walls fell. And God delivered a city into their hand, which marked the beginning of their conquering the promised land. But it's just a few weeks later. A few weeks later, they look at a smaller town with a lesser army. And they see the Amorites in this little town called Ai. And they send just a few thousand soldiers in to conquer because they have the confidence of Jericho and they know that they're able to overcome. And when they march into battle against this small, insignificant tribe, guess what happens? They suffer the greatest defeat that they had ever had. There was a reason why. You see, there was a man in Jericho after the battle had ceased there was a man that said, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them. 
I took them, and behold, I hid them in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver underneath of it. You see, there was a man named Achan that looked upon something he shouldn't have, and he got his eyes off the vision that God had given the children of Israel. You see, he couldn't see a land that was flowing with milk and honey. He couldn't see lands that they were to possess. He couldn't see houses that they didn't have to build, that they would move into, and vineyards they didn't have to plant. What he was looking at was some temporary monetary gain. And so he got his eyes off what the end result was, and he put his eyes on something that was temporal, and it caused the children of Israel to be defeated by an enemy they should have easily overcome. Oh, hear me, somebody. You see, what you need to get inside of your spirit is a godly vision. You, you need to know where you're headed to in your ministry. You need to make sure that you figured this out a long time ago through prayer and fasting. You better make sure that you know that God's called me to be a minister of the gospel. And I'm not going to get my eyes on something that is temporal. Something that has nothing to do with the kingdom. You know what happens ladies and gentlemen. As IBC students we get anointed in chapel. And we get fired up at conferences. And sometimes we get a vision from God. But when we get into real life reality in the middle of summer. And there's no other people around us to worship. And to magnify God. And it's just me as a youth pastor doing an internship. Or me as a music director doing an internship and there's nobody to encourage me and remind me of the vision and there's no awesome song service going on because it's all contingent on me and there's no good messages preached at you service because I'm the one preaching it. It's easy to lose sight of the vision that God's given me for my ministry and it's so easy to get it focused upon how much money can I make for the job this year so that I can go back to school. Oh hear me young person we need to get an anointed vision from God. We need to figure out where God is leading and taking us but that comes through a commitment that comes through allowing God to surround who I am and to show me who he is and when I see who he is then that means I've got a vision that'll bring me through every trial that'll bring me through every when I get a hold of who Jesus is that's when my vision gets straightened out amen now here we are here we are so here we are, we're in the middle of our school semester and we're about ready uh, to hit this little uh, coast button because we've got five weeks until we have our next break and that's Thanksgiving. And then we've got a couple weeks after that before we, we're out of school for a whole four weeks and then we can just veg out. But the problem is these next couple of weeks is when we're going to doubt our vision that God's given us. Because some of you are at this place where you don't have enough money to even continue on next semester. You don't have enough money to pay your school bill. And then some of you are at a place where moms and dads are sick and London just had to go home because she got a bad report. And you know what happens? We get a little discouraged and you get a little depressed and your schedule gets a little too busy. And the problem is you start spiraling down this path and you begin to stop focusing. Focusing on what God told you to focus on and you start looking at issues around you and reality of life and you lose track of where God's brought you from and more importantly where God's taking you to but I'm here to say this you need to in this chapel service get a hold of something supernatural and realize that regardless of what the enemy says regardless of what he says to me in my downtime, in my depressed time I know that God has called me and anointed me and I know that God's favor is on my life 
Come on, I'm telling somebody you better get a vision because it's bigger than what you can imagine. It's not just a little pathway that you're walking down. Your vision is not something that's going to take place next year or next week. You see, you need to get a vision. You need to get a vision that's going to last you forever. Come on, when's the last time you begin to focus on streets of gold and gates of pearl? Come on, when's the last time that you knew that there's a God in heaven? Hallelujah. So the vision matters. But it's so easy to lose track of the big picture and we get so narrow-minded. I'm not preaching down at you, I'm preaching to you. Because I've been there, I, I, I fought this battle. I'm fighting this battle, Bishop. It's a daily occurrence. Let me tell you something. I know what God gave me in prayer. I've known it for a long time. I'm 39 years of age. Let that sink in for a minute. I'm old enough to be some of y'all's dad. I know, Bishop, that's old, isn't it? I turn 40 next year. My hearing's going. My hair is going. I got, I got gray. Come, I, I don't even. I, it's all coming in right through here, one little patch of it. I can't, I can't. I, I have to make a confession. Can I just confess for a few moments? It's good for the soul, right? That's what my grandmother always told me. I got to confess something. You know, the problem. Here's the problem. I'm 39. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought I was still 29 or even 19. I drove back from Illinois the other night. It took us four hours to get back. Somebody say amen. That was with me. We didn't get in until, what time did we get in? That goofy was. This is 3, 2.45, 3 o'clock. I was planning on being at my class at 8.50 and being in here to teach that class. It was going to be good. I said, I can do this. I can, I can get a cup of coffee. It ain't no big deal. Just a few hours of sleep. I'm telling you what, at 4 in the morning, actually 4.30 in the morning, my son woke up as sick as can be, vomiting all over the bathroom, vomiting all over the bed. That kid woke up, and you know what? I was, I was going, thank you, Jesus. That means I might be able to stay home this morning. <laughs> I'll cancel my class because he can't go to school. Hallelujah. I, that's a, I, I, I was feeling that. I was, I was thanking God that he was sick so I wouldn't have to come in and teach you kids. Is, he my, is this, this real life? This is just real. I felt bad about it later, but it's just the truth. At about 9 o'clock when I got up out of bed, I felt bad about it. Jesus' name. 39 years old. Accepted my call to preach at 18. At 18. I could take you to the spot in the old chapel where it was at. In the back row. Underneath that seat. I surrendered my life to God. I said, God, I'll give you everything. Complete, absolute. I had to work many jobs. I worked you name it, telemarketing, valet parking, Pepsi, I worked for Pepsi, 
did construction for several years. This merchandising. Sold stuff door to door for just a couple minutes and then I quit that job real fast. But that was just because I had to put food on the table. You see, I had a vision from God and I pursued that vision. And there were many times where I was so frustrated because the vision wasn't happening. And I kept saying, God, where is it at? Let me tell you something. There was nights that I would wake up in the middle of the night and be so frustrated because I'd gotten my eye off of what God wanted me to get my eye on. You see, I'd lost track of the vision. There was one time I, was, I had a full-time position in the church, but I was struggling because somewhere... I lost track of the vision. And I opened my computer up and I started looking at degree programs. Because I said, man, I can't pay the bill doing this preaching stuff. Man, this, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm so depressed right now. Th things are falling apart in the church. Things are falling apart in my ministry. You know what? I don't even have insurance for my kids. I, I, can't, even, I can't even take care. So you know what? I started looking at degree programs and seeing what kind of funding I could get it and you know what I was doing I was pursuing something outside of my vision outside of my vision oh hear me somebody I, 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 was, I was at a place where I was ready to walk away from it all because I couldn't see where God was wanting to take me oh let me tell you something don't be confused it just breaks my heart when I think about it but I was just dealing with a young man. I just talked to a young man recently that was an IBC graduate that walked the same halls that you walked, sat in the same classes that you sat in, worshipped in the same altar and cried out to God in the same altar and had the same call of God in his life that some of you got on your life. And guess what? He lost track of the vision that God gave him and he's not even living for God anymore. And he's going out on the weekends and doing drugs and getting drunk. That's what happened just in six years since I've been here. He lost track of the vision that God gave him. Hear me someone. Don't let the enemy try to pull your focus and push you down a path that's not of God. Don't get your eyes on things that are temporal, Haken. You know what? That blessing, that blessing is so temporal. That thing that you're pursuing, it doesn't matter when it comes to the big picture. Let me tell you, you're anointed by God. You're called by God. There's a place that God's going to take you and it's going to work out. Don't let the enemy try to take your vision and pull it out of you. Keep it on Jesus. Know that he's able. You see, David, David was at a place and David was in a place where he shouldn't have been and he was doing what he shouldn't have been doing. He should have been out fighting a battle. But there he was out on the rooftop and he looked down and his vision caught something that he shouldn't have been looking at. And it began to pull him outside of the kingly realm and a godly realm. And David committed adultery and then murder. And there he was at a place where he lost his vision that God had given him for the kingdom. All because he looked on something he shouldn't have been looking at. All because he was at a place. He came through the struggle. Oh, I'm trying to preach to somebody. I'm trying to tell you that vision matters. Vision matters. Some of you, you you're walking in these hallways and you're like spiritual zombies. Pardon the reference. Spiritual zombies. You're just going through motions 
void of any intellectual process. You're, you're just going through the Pentecostal motions. Come on, so you got to go beyond 15 years of age. You've you got to go beyond 16. I, I was there at 15. You know what? I was a professional Pentecostal preacher's kid. I knew when to come into church regardless of what I was doing on the weekdays. And I could come in and I could clap my hands when they needed to be clapped. I could worship when I needed to worship. And guess what? Everybody thought it was okay that I was just going through and I was a good example. I had saints Saints I went to church with, their mom and dad would come up, pat me on the back and say, thank you for being a good example to my little 12-year-old Johnny growing up. And guess what? I knew deep down inside of me, if they only knew what I was doing out with my friends, they wouldn't have said that because I wasn't living the way I should have been living. But I was still going through the motions, but I didn't have a vision for what God wanted in my future. Oh, hear me, apostolic young person. You need to get a hold of what God has in store for you. And it's not a platform. It's not a inspiration. It's not a little preach-a-thon on the weekends, but it's consistency through in and out of your life. You need to get a vision of more than just worship and lifting up the name of Jesus. A vision that says, I'm going to live my life with a goal in mind. I'm not backing down. I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care what comes against me. I know that God is able. Oh, maybe we need to get a vision, an anointed vision of who God is and what God can do. You know what He is? He's the advocate. He's the almighty. He's the alpha. He's the amen. He's the angel of the Lord. He's the anointed one. He's the apostle, the author, and the perfecter of my faith. He's the beginning, the bishop of my soul, the bread of life. He's the bridegroom, the carpenter, the chief shepherd, the Christ, the comforter come on somebody he's the cornerstone the day spring the day star he's my deliverer he's the desire of the nations he's Emmanuel the end the everlasting father the faithful and true witness he's the foundation he's the fountain he's the friend of sinners he's the gate for the sheep come on somebody he's the gift of God he's God himself He's the good shepherd, the governor, the great shepherd, the guide. Guess what? He's still the head of the church. He's the high priest. He's the holy one of Israel. He's the horn of salvation. He is the I am. Does anybody know him as Jehovah? Somebody say he's Jesus. Somebody say he's the king of Israel. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of God. He's the lamb. The last Adam, the life, the light of the world. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord of lords and the king of kings. He's the master. He's the mediator. Oh, if I could get a hold of my vision, if I could see what God is in my life, I would know regardless of what Satan brings against me that God is able to bring me through. Come on, I could go on. I could go on. You ready? Come on, he's the Omega. He's the Passover lamb. He's the great physician. You need a healing in your body. God's able to heal that body. Come on, Brother Pace. I don't know where you're at if you're in a hospital or if you're at home. But I believe that God is the great physician and he can step into Brother Pace's room right now. There's not a cancer in a body. 
There's not a physical ailment that God can't step in and in one moment completely take away. In the name of Jesus, we believe it. He's the high priest. He's the prince of priests. He's a prophet. He's the propitiation, the purifier, the rabbi, the ransom, the redeemer. He's the refiner, the refuge, the resurrection, the righteous. He's the rock, the root of David, the rose of Sharon, the ruler of God's creation. He's the sacrifice, the savior, the second Adam, the seed of Abraham, the seed of David, the seed of woman. He's the servant, the shepherd. He's Shiloh. He's the son of David, the son of God, the son of man, the son of Mary. He's the son of the most high. He's the stone on which we are established. Come on, he's the stone on that where this church will not fail. This church is not going to fail. Oh, Satan, bring what you can. But guess what? One day when that trumpet sounds, I'm lifting off this ground. You see no more sorrow, no more pain. That's my vision. That's my vision. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The son of righteousness, the true teacher, the true way, the wonderful counselor, the word. And guess what? He's the vine. And I'm connected. And you're connected. I've got a vision. God is my refuge. Come on, I've got a vision. And it's all about Jesus. I've got a vision. And he's not going to forsake me. He's not going to let me down. Doesn't matter if my school bill gets paid. Doesn't matter if they have chicken fingers on Friday. Doesn't matter if the devil tells me there's no way. I believe there's still a way. Doesn't matter if mom and dad don't believe it. Guess what? I still got a vision. Doesn't matter if I get asked to preach general conference, youth conference, youth camp, or Sunday school. I still got a vision that God's anointing is on your life. Now, I'm not going to get spooky, but just hang with me just a minute. Don't want to get spooky, but here's the thing. Some of you, you you need a resurrection of your spirit. There's people that we come to Bible school with, and some of them, God bless them, they're just in a place where they're struggling. But that's okay, because such were some of us. Because there's not one person in this room that hasn't lost vision every now and then of where God wants to take you. Not one. So I can't judge somebody. I can't talk bad about somebody because I've been right where every one of you are. The reality of life is this. That life is tough. And there are problems that happen. And there are moments where I don't want to get out of bed. And there are moments where I'm ready just to give up on everything, even life itself. There are moments that I get depressed and down and discouraged. But that still doesn't take away from what God birthed in my spirit at an altar. Oh, I I don't know where your past was. I don't know what you came out of. Some of you I do. But guess what? It's been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we've got to stop listening to the enemy. And when the devil comes up and tries to tell you that there's no way, no hope, you know what you need to say? You need to say, oh, too late. Too late.
wait. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what I'm going through. Doesn't matter what I've been fighting. I've got a vision that came from God Almighty. And he said, I'm going to win. some resistance in the beginning but I feel a little better right now your vision your vision what do you see Kayla what do you see missiles been feeling that for several years now vision vision what do you see what do you see what's your vision Back. What's your vision? What's your vision? Vision. What did God put in your spirit? You gonna speak it out? You gonna tell everybody around you? That's what God's called me to be. It's who I am. Or something keep rising itself up to the time you begin to think about your vision, and before you can even speak it out. Doubt begins to creep into your heart. And you think, I can't do that. Now, there's people around me that, that are much more talented, much more better. There's people around me that they've got it all figured out already. You see, I haven't been the best example. What's your vision? What's your vision? What do you see spiritually, Austin? What do you see spiritually? What is that thing that God put in your heart, Stephanie? What, what, is, what did God place so deep down inside of you? That it doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter. You can go home for the summer. All your friends quit calling you, quit talking to you, Aaron. You got nobody at your church but just you. You're the only one still living for God. It's hard. It's hard to come in on Wednesday night or Friday night you service, and there's nobody in you service except for you. But what's your vision? What's your vision? What's your vision for your church? What's your vision that you've got? You know, some of you come to IBC and weird things happen back home. Weird things happen and you, you're, you're, you're getting stressed out thinking, man, my, my goodness, some of you got great churches, revivals happening and your church is changing and that bothers you because you go back and you don't even know if it's your church or not and you're thinking, my Lord, this isn't even my, I don't even know who I am. What place do I have? What's your vision? Because it doesn't matter what place you've got. Some of you walk into a church and, and, and maybe, maybe you're thinking, man, I don't, I don't even know what's going on. It doesn't seem like they're even preaching truth. But what's your vision? Because that doesn't matter. It's the vision that God's placed inside of you. Some of you came from situations where you had pastors backslide in your life. But let me tell you, that doesn't determine where you're going in your future. What's your vision? It's God's future. It's your ministry. your vision can I share something else with you I'm going to walk the pews never done that in chapel before let me ask you this what happens what happens when you can't see beyond tomorrow what happens bishop what happens What happens? You go through the trial of your life. And you forgot all about everything. You just see today. Is 
that change anything? No, that doesn't change what God told you. That just means that you can't see out of the dark glass that you're in. But I believe this, that God's bringing you through. You see, this is the greatest year we've ever experienced at Indiana Bible College. You know why? Because this is one year closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. What did Holly say? Holly, you said 80% of all seminary students within five years don't even live for God. I don't even know what the statistic of Indiana Bible College is. I don't even want to add that up. I don't want to know. 1%, as Holly said, is too many. One person is too many. But you see, it's going to take somebody getting a hold of your vision that God's given you. Because even in the midst of the greatest trial, I'm still picking my feet up and taking that step. Now let me give you just a real simple illustration. My son, and I, and I don't want you to pity him, and I'm not telling you this for any reason except for this. My son has been going through a very difficult time the past few years. Uh, it's, it's been actually about four years since he's been fighting this battle, my oldest son. He's been struggling. Now he's got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name, but he's been struggling. There are students that don't come from Calvary Tabernacle that they're dealing with. And, and I believe in Calvary Christian School. It's the greatest Christian school. It's the greatest school period in the world. And they got the best teachers there. This is not a reflection of, of Brother and Sister Barkus, who are amazing people, in my opinion. And Brother Barkus has been so kind to my family, and, and he loves my boys. And my boys love Brother Barkus. They'll tell you, they'll tell you every week what Brother Barkus preached in chapel because they love him. But kids are kids. My son's been battling this battle at his school. He's been, he came home. He's come home multiple times. Legs bruised, bruises all up. Come home multiple times in tears. He'll call me. I, there's very rarely a week goes by where he doesn't call me in the middle of class, in the middle of the afternoon, crying in tears, saying, Dad, can you just come get me? I can't, I can't do this today. Because there's people that are not, some of them don't have the Holy Ghost that are in his class. And they tear down everything that is righteous and holy. You know what their common saying is? Grantland, why do you have to be such a goody-goody? Why do you have to try to be so holy around all of us? Why do you always, you know what Grantland did the other day? He got so frustrated. He said, Dad, I, they, they started in on me. He said, and I'm proud of him. I'm a proud father. They started in on him. He said, Dad, I went and got my Bible. I sat down at my desk and I opened up and I started reading every scripture that had to do with talking bad about somebody and evil words. And he said, I started quoting them to him. He said, I started reading them scripture. You know what it did? It made him even madder. But one of the little boys got up and said, ooh, I just got Bible burned. But he's been fighting this battle, and he's been, there's nights that he'll go to bed in tears, crying up, getting in the morning, crying up, because he's fighting against these people coming against him and tearing down his faith and making fun of him and mocking everything he does. But you know what? There's a young man that at youth camp this summer felt a word from God. He had a vision from God. He walked back to his seat and sat down and opened up Psalms 23 and began to read. He said, Dad, I'm telling you, he said, when it said, 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He said, God spoke to me and said, there's going to be people that will make fun of you. And there's going to be people that are going to try to deter you from what you're called to do. He didn't say it exactly in those words. He said, but God is preparing me in the presence of my enemy. And God's called me to be a missionary evangelist. Let me tell you something. If a 12-year-old can get a vision in his heart, there should be an 18 and a 19 and a 20-year-old that it doesn't matter what the devil tries to tell you. It doesn't matter what comes against you. doesn't matter what circumstances. You know what? You're going to make it. There's a calling on your life. There's a God that's able to bring you through. You just need to get a hold of it one more time and say, God, give me my vision. Give me my vision. Restore my vision. don't have a vision you need to get one right now come on you need to pray until God gives you a word until God gives you something let me tell you your vision isn't about making money though you may make money it's not about driving cars or living in houses though you may do all that but it's about a calling of God there's a place there's a people There's a nation, a community, there's a city, there's a church somewhere that needs you. They may only have two people attending, but they need a preacher to come in. There's a music department. There's a song that needs to be written and sung. Come on, hear me. You need a vision from God. You need to let the Holy Ghost renew what God gave you in an altar. Maybe when you were 12 or 13 or 14 years of age. Somebody get a hold of it. Say, God, resurrect my vision. Oh, come on, these altars are open. Come on, there needs to be somebody march up here. You need to start rebuking the devil in your life. You need to say, Satan, get thee behind me. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up. But I'm still going. I'm walking toward my vision. God's able. There's faith in this place. There's anointing being poured out. Come on, there's victory and battles being won in the name of Jesus because it's a vision. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I believe that God's able. I believe that God's able to pour out. I believe that God's able to bring resurrection to a dead dream. Resurrection to a dead vision. I believe that God's able to sharpen your mind, sharpen your spirit, leads you in paths of righteousness. Come on, what's your vision? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jesus come on I'm gonna pray right now in the name of Jesus God I pray for this couple pray Lord that you would anoint and use them God help them not to give up on their vision don't let them get discouraged and struggle though finances may be strained though there may be times of doubt Lord I pray right now in the name of Jesus let your anointing to fall upon them and use them come on that's it that's it that's it